It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van And here we are. It is a glorious hump day in Chicago. And this right here is Carcone Carne, episode 712. I'm James Van Ostel. Tomorrow night on this program, Trey Elder from Quiet Pterodactyl will be joining me. We'll be previewing two, count them, two Situation Chicago shows happening at Empty Bottle next week. I'll be on hand for the Tuesday night show with White Mystery, Mirrors, and Neptune's Core. Tickets for both nights, Tuesday and Wednesday night at the bottle. Super cheap. The shows are going to be amazing. We'll see you there on Sunday. It's the return of local H. We're going to come face to face with Poochie at Wiener Circle. I'm going to work on developing a thicker skin between now and then. So as for tonight, Lowdown Nights is the new album from Chicago's Lowdown Brass Band. This is a band that pulls together sounds and styles from from all over the cultural map and turns them into something that is completely distinctly their own. They're currently on tour with Galactic playing Thalia Hall on the 25th. Billa and Shane are here for this episode. Again, number 712. Billa is the MC. Shane, lead vocals, trumpet, keys. Welcome, gentlemen. Nice to see you both tonight. How's it going? Good. So the tour with Galactic, that's awesome. You're going to be here on the 25th at Thalia Hall. Uh, you're you're on tour right now. Like this is This is a little time out for you. Yeah, yeah. We just got back from Colorado. We play Basalt. Denver and a place called Greenlee. Okay. And we, we just got back last weekend and we're ready to get back out there with Galactic in, a, in a, about a week and a half, two weeks. How's it so feeling? Super, it's great, man. I mean, it's great to be home to regroup, but you know, sometimes you get itchy and you're ready to go and get back out there and, you know, make things happen. Yeah, Because so. you're building all that momentum when you have to put the brakes on. It's like, oh, come on, let's go. Yeah, let's so, do this. <laughs> totally. Like, I feel like we do way better on the road, you know, as far as like, of course, meeting people, you know, making noise, of course, the momentum and the energy. And then when you get back home, some of that kind of stops. Yeah. You know, so it's like as a band, we just function way better on the road. You know, makes sense. Let's talk about let's talk about your sound. There are New Orleans horns, pop smarts, conscious hip hop, jazz. How does a band that sounds like this come out of Chicago? Where, uh, how, how did this all come together? I mean, I kind of feel like a band like this only comes out of Chicago. Um, I mean, literally, we were made up of all horns. As you know, all the horn players in this band have played in bands of every genre. Being a horn player, that's kind of one of the unique things in music is if you're a, if you're a horn player, Every band always has this kind of like um, dream of adding horns onto their to their project, whether it's a rock band, whether it's a funk band, whether it's R&B. So all the guys in this band have literally played every genre of music, reggae, dancehall, hip hop, jazz, soul, um, Latin. Um, all the horn players are playing all these genres. And we kind of just, when we first formulated, we were kind of, you know, of course, paying homage to those brass band heroes um, from New Orleans uh, and rightfully so where the music comes from. And in my opinion, nearly all of American music comes from New Orleans in some ways and some fashion from that great black American music um, tradition. Um, but 
we got to a point where it was like, yo, we are not from New Orleans. We're from Chicago and we have all these different sounds that are inside of us. And it just started to come out in our writing and our performance as well. I mean, and kind of also just paying homage to all the great horn bands from the past, like Earth, Wind and Fire, you know, Chicago, obviously. Um, just so, so many, such a great horn tradition, such a great music tradition here in Chicago. And we wanted to add our own sprinkle onto that whole brass band thing, take it to the next level. Like bringing on a cool MC. Exactly. <laughs> bringing on a great MC, great writer. Yeah. And, and trying to, and honestly, just kind of changing the way we wrote songs, like uh, making it like we feel like our songs that we write now belong on the radio right next to Anderson Pack or Beyonce or Jay-Z or, or Kendrick or any of them. I completely agree. And it, this sounds like, you know, as we talk about what you're doing, it sounds like the type of band that probably did a lot of woodshedding, experimentation, playing around as it was all coming together. What was the moment when you realized, when you both realized it's all coming together? This is it. Was it did it come early in your life in your time together, or was it something that was a, a gradual process? Um, well, I mean, like you said, the band started as a traditional brass band out of the New Orleans tradition. And for years, I mean, that the band has several albums and there's been several uh, incarnations of the band. So over the years, you know, the first album was very second liney, then kind of jazz and then I came in then it started you know we tried to meld the jazz and the hip-hop you know in the first try we got you know we we got what we got then the, the second time we got a little closer and then this third time with Lowdown Nights <clears throat> we we kind of got closer we got closer than we were before and it was due kind of to the pandemic and having a lot of time to kind of sit there and work with it and with nothing else to do right. you know a lot of time to experiment and try this sound with that sound, try this sound with this sound and just keep going until you actually were satisfied with it. You know, before, you know, life was happening a lot faster. So, you know, there might be a gig, you won't have to go to work. So, you know, this, this, this amount for studio time, this time we just kind of got to really work on the songs, like we're out of time limit. So you kind of really got to find what we could sound like if we were going for a, a, a pop sound, um, a modern pop sound, you know? Shane, do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I, I, I was, I would say that like when we, just like Billa said, all of this happened as a result of us being on the road and for a long, this band has always been like a performance band. To me, you don't really understand what the band is like until you see the band live. And we were touring around a lot right before the pandemic happened. In fact, uh, the year that like everything stopped, we were, was going to be the greatest year that we probably <laughs> ever had. Like we had like like the greatest tour booked, right? And um, and and coming off of another great year. Um, so like, what what had happened for us is like when Billy came along and we started to change our sound, and he and I started to work a lot together with kind of like changing how the songwriting was happening. And, and, and like literally trying to modernize the sound. Um, our, it had happened in our live show before it happened in our recordings. So there was a, a several years where we were actually performing what you're hearing now on Lowdown Nights and the album before it, the real sessions. Some of that stuff was already happening live, but it wasn't being um, shown in our recorded process. Yeah. So the 
it was, it was harder for us to translate that. So when the pandemic happened, like, like Bill had just said, it really gave us an opportunity to really focus on our studio sound and like get out what we wanted the people to hear from us in the studio. The live um, sound has always kind of been special from Lowdown. Yeah. This is the kind of band where if you listen to the music, the recorded music, the first thought you have is, oh shit, I got to see these guys live. I mean, it just, it, it's, it, you know what that's got to look like on stage and feel like. Let's talk about Lowdown Nights. The, I mean, this is a really new album. Uh, it ends or it ends. It begins with Renura de la Noche, Groove of the Night, uh, which I think is a great way to, to start the album. It, it really sets the tone, I think, for who you are and what you're doing musically. It's also the perfect mid-tempo kind of sexy sounding song. I'll, I'll be quick, but I'll let Shane answer this further. But I, I completely agree with what you said. That's kind of why we put it first. It was mid-tempo. It kind of built. It had like, you know, it had an arc to it. And then it kind of just leads you into the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. It's not too, it's not too sleepy. It's not too aggressive for the first song. And I completely agree with your analysis of Renora de la Noche being first. I, you nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. Groove of the night. I would agree too. I, uh, you know, when we, we had actually performed this song live a little bit before we recorded it. And then the way the recording, the studio recording came out sounding was it almost gave a different vibe to the song, which was, you know, we're talking about, you know, get up and dance, let your troubles go. But when you're listening to like the sound of the music, there is a darkness and lightness to it. It's almost got like a cinematic quality, kind of like a Quentin Tarantino vibe, right? And it kind of just sets your mind as a listener to to however you want to interpret it. I feel like any person can take it in their own way in their mind's eye. I I really love that song. Uh, By the way, I think album sequencing is a lost art. In a world where everything is a la carte and people cherry pick songs from all over and they just throw them against the wall. I think the, the art of sequencing an album as, as a piece of art is, is underrated in the present day. So I appreciate that you take it seriously. And that's obvious because you come out of groove of the night with be the one tonight. Now I know it's early gentlemen. I know it is early in the year. This right here sounds like the summer song. This sounds like the song we should be listening to all summer long. This is made for porch drinking, nighttime drinking, hanging out with friends, sexy time, all of it. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we, we actually were, we actually filmed the video in, uh, late fall but it, it, we got lucky and it still was warm so we got and, and we rented a limo <laughs> so you know uh that song is just meant to be straight up party you know no thinking no thinking no deep thinking involved just kind of getting to the the gist of the party which is like what we do best you know what i mean so get that body on the dance floor that's it exactly exactly it's uh it's it, for for me it just representative of a chicago night out you know you're going out for a night on the town. You know what you're going for. You know you're going to have a good time. And that song right there is just a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. I mentioned when I did my intro, I mentioned conscious hip hop. There are definitely hints of that. Oh, no, I mean hints, examples of that. Uh, let's talk about Wake Up, which is literally a wake up call for the black community. Talk to me about this song. Well, that song was written. Well, the song was written, like Shane said, 
we we've been performing the songs for a long time. The songs were great, great, great songs in the set, but necessarily we weren't always satisfied with the recording version of it. But during the pandemic, we kind of got to remix it. And then, you know, the the protest of 2020 happened also while we were re remixing that song. So it kind of just made me rewrite all, like half of my verses pretty much and kind of gear them towards the moment and just be as honest as I could for the moment. You know, it, it always had, it always was a conscious song, but I felt like <clears throat> once that happened, it just made me want to rewrite it to make it more, you know, pinpoint to that moment that happened. And, you know, and we just, you know, that's just one of the, it's just, it's actually, it's actually a really fun song still, but it's the message is in there. So it's kind of subtle. If you're, if you're not listening, you'll just kind of groove and dance. But if you sit there and listen, you're like, wait a second, this is like actually a little si more serious than, you know, it might give away at the beginning, you know? So it's just kind of, we're working on, like, we're, like I said, we're a party band, but we also like to work on them at the same time, as far as like the substance has to always be there. And Wake Up is one of those examples of, you know, you, you still have a groove in a party, but there's still substance there. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. The, the album goes in interesting directions. There are surprises on here musically. Uh, following the conscious stream of consciousness uh, theme, it, it, it at times sounds to me like smooth jazz and kind of proggy, but this is another song that, that's socially conscious. Yeah, go ahead, Shane. Oh, no, yeah. I, I mean, throughout the album, I feel like for us, like, to me, Low Down Nights is such a special album. I'm going to get to what you're talking about in a second. I'm going to tell you why I'm starting out this way. It's, it's a special album because the album itself kind of is representative of what we are trying to do, what we are doing in the genre right now, brass band music. It's like we literally were starting out with kind of like the party, which is this music is a street music. It's always been about the party. But like what we're trying to do is also take it up into um, – places that it's never been before and like show that hey conscious hip-hop belongs in the brass band genre um so having something to say that really means something um belongs in the brass band genre it can be done with this instrumentation and so we start out the album with that party and and like you said we get to wake up and we're talking about those conscious lyrics we get to bourbon street all these things and and we're talking about real subjects that matter by the time we get to theme Theme to me is very special because um, when it was first written, it was written as an instrumental. And uh, so um, the melody that you hear me sing was just um, just instruments. And um, one day those melody that those lyrics to that melody just sort of hit me. And to me, it just sort of helps kind of bring and bridge what's happening on the album together. Because overall, when you're really listening to the theme of the album, the theme of the album is love. It's one love for all people, one love for the music, one love for everything, one love for the culture, one love for our country, uh, one love for the, the whole racial divide that's been happening. Uh, all of these things that we, when we were writing with, like Bill said was happening during the pandemic, we had the whole George Floyd incidents that were happening and the movements that were happening that have been so long waiting in this country for so long. And we just feel like this band really, we've always wanted the band to represent um, something special. Bill and I come from two different places. Bill is from Harlem, New York. 
I come from a small town in Texas called Crum, Texas. And you literally can't get much different than that. Yet he and I have an amazing, beautiful working relationship and a musical relationship. And I think it's, and, 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 and the, when we perform on stage, you see it as well. And I think our goal is to just have people see us work together in a successful way because that means something in the bigger picture. And I think that that comes out on this album with the lyrics, the theme, it, when you go back and listen, hopefully with what I just said in mind, it, it all makes a little bit more sense. And I love that you found each other in Chicago. Absolutely. That's <laughs> right. In the Midwest, coming, right? Right. Coming from the all those corners or those different parts of the U.S., th that's awesome. Jumping off the conscious tip for a second, Tuba Titan. Finally, the tuba gets top billing. Finally, the tuba has its moment, and it, the moment happens on this album. I, I just love horns in every way, shape, and, and form, and that Tuba Titan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's not much more to say. Go ahead, Bill. Let's talk about the two. No, I, I was going to let you go. I mean, basically, uh, it was written by our sousaphone player, Lance Loisel, and he just kind of put all the bells and whistles on it, layer after layer of Sousa and Sousa, and he tricked it out and put this effect on it and put that effect on it, and he brought it to the studio, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And it's funny because, you know, people have already kind of used it in a couple of their Instagram edits. And I was like, this is this is awesome. This is exactly what I want for this song. You know, how many bands do I talk to these days that actually has a sousaphone player? None. <laughs> this is, you're doing important work here. Talking about the the mix, the the cultural sounds that you pull together, this uh, I'll use the word gumbo uh, that, that you mix up Bourbon Street. This is this to me is just a perfect example of what this band is and at the bare minimum i think it's what people might expect when they first listen to you or first discover a band with a name like yours i think that there's a level of expectation that that song meets yeah i would agree i uh, i i think for this album in particular it's it's our homage it's our love and our it's our appreciation for the the history of the genre for our love of New Orleans. Um, at the same time, we want to do our own Chicago thing. Like I said, we always want to pay homage to where it comes from. And literally this song is literally an homage to our time, even in New Orleans. Bill and I, Bill and I stayed in a hotel room uh, on Bourbon Street. Um, the bands had some great uh, trips down to New Orleans where we sure. performed some great places down there like Snug Harbor, Blue Nile, um, just great places down in New Orleans. And uh, we actually had a problem with our one of our hotels and they ended up putting us in a hotel right on Bourbon Street. And Bill, I, I had kind of played around with this beat a little bit. And Bill and I had some great times in the hotel room that night, literally after a night of having a great time in New Orleans, just uh, talking about and conceptualizing the song. And it, it just means a lot to us. And I, I really think it's one of my favorite Bill of verses on the album. I, I just think he slays that verse. And, and uh, there's so many great um, little references to New Orleans culture and brass band culture in that, in that verse. And I just think it's a special song. Since you're touring with Galactic, do they ever say to you guys, why don't you just move down here? Why don't you, why don't you just come down to New Orleans and stay? 
We hope. <laughs> well, first of all, as a horn player, like when you go down there, they all want you to come and they all want you to not come at the same time. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So we talked about how there, there was the perfect way to start the album with Renor de la Noche, that kind of mid-tempo, cool, vibey song that, that lets you in. I think the album ends on, on another appropriate note, a really fun, up-tempo, just a, just a nice way to, to put a bow on everything, Weed and Boys, just a song to get everybody moving. It, it's a way to kind of push things forward as the album wraps up. I'll let Shane, I'll let Shane handle that. He wrote Weed and Boys, so I'll let him talk about it. <laughs> Um, I, you know, well, as far as like, you're talking about just the album conception, um, like you said, um, to me, the way that we wanted to end it, actually, when we originally were thinking about the album, we thought about we doing weed and boys as a hidden track. So the last song in that case would have been, is it guy in the sky? Yeah. Yeah. So like we were talking about having guy in the sky happen, having this moment of amount of space. And then having Weed and Boys happen. And, I, and I, I think one of the real reasons for that was because Weed and Boys had become a fan favorite on tour. And, and also at that point in the album, if you really get down on the album, we get, like you said, we start out with a party and then we kind of get super conscious for a second and we get serious for a second and we, we have a couple of love songs in there. And like, we're just trying to show like the different things that we can do and we're capable of with the sound. And then I think at the end, it's all about just bringing it back to, Hey, yeah, we can do all that, but like, don't forget that, <laughs> yeah. we're, here, that we're here to party and we, we them boys, you know what I'm saying? That's the point. And then, and that's, we're trying to show them, Hey, like, you know, there's no limit to what we can do, but we're always going to be about the party at the same time and about the culture and, uh, you know, about uh, that nightlife, which we all love so much. You, you mentioned the the romantic, the the love song, Since You've Been Gone. That's that's just a slow song about longing and, and wanting. And it's yeah. a pull your partner close kind of song. You, like I'm saying, you, you go in all these cool directions, but it all thematically fits. Yeah, I mean, well, those songs were cultivated on the road for so long together and they were all written around the same time, the rough drafts of them. So they all kind of come from the same time, same era, same struggle, the same vibe that the band had at that time. So it, they all kind of had this cohesive because the writing was kind of building off of each other. So, you know, a we them boys was written, then a wake up was written and then a, a be the one tonight, or um, like you said, since you've been gone. So they all kind of have the same vibe because they were all written What'd you say? Log on the fire as well. Yeah, log on the fire. You know, they were all kind of written on, the, like th some of the ideas were formulated on the road. So we're all together. All of this energy is focused in on these ideas and they kind of just have the same vibe just because we were all in the same vibe at the same time, which is why I go back to saying that this band functions better on the road because the magic is in the live show, you know, and there, there's no way around it, you know? So you talked about how you spent the pandemic woodshedding, really getting this album right. As you were doing that, the rest of us were at home saying, man, can't wait to see live music again. Now you're out there, you're, you're in front of people. Are people just losing their minds when you're playing? I mean, yes, I, I, I would, I would have to say yes on that. I'm the, we did a tour this last 
August, um, where we went out to the West Coast and uh, we joked around with each other and we called it the shooting the fish in the barrel tour because it was really like everybody was so <laughs> happy to yeah. see you. Like, and they were buying merch like crazy, like, cause they wanted to support you because yeah. they know how hard it's been. We all know, do. I mean, the bottom fell out for musicians and the music world when the, it fell out for a lot of people. But when mm -hmm. you talk about music, the music world and the music venues and all the people that have to do with sound, sound men, door guys, bartenders, blah, 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 blah. Like all of our favorite people, like, you know, it had an effect on all of them. So of course, when we got back out there on the road, people, yeah, were losing their minds. They were loving it. They've been very supportive. And not only that, but during the pandemic, we also did an album called the real sessions um, where we, every two weeks, we did a new song and a new video um, from February to June. So we did 10 songs and 10 videos every two weeks, which for us, it helped change our sound. It helped sure. change our everything and taught us so much about how to put stuff out, um, you know, how people respond to it. And, and we, that was really kind of like, to me, the beginning of like the change of our sound, because we got super conscious with uh, our lyrics, how we were writing everything. And um, man, to be honest, some people were sad about the pandemic, but in some ways, artistically for this group, it really propelled us forward. I, I get it because like you said, when that's all you have to do is be with yourself and be with your thoughts, channel that, do the best you can to channel that into force for good or something artistic. And that's what you did. So the album is low down nights. We can see this live, which as stated more than once during this interview is the way to experience lowdown brass band you're going to be at thalia hall that again is happening on the 25th opening for galactic the tour is underway uh i think you guys sound awesome i just fun music really well done and nothing sounds like lowdown brass band which oh, that's that's an achievement so billa and shane thank you keep doing what you do thank you so much james great show yeah, that's the best compliment you could give us right there, by the way. <laughs>